Welcome to Sports Rivals with Monty and Ernie, lively, entertaining banter on sports topics you want to hear. Sports Rivals. For Ernie, I'm Monty. Together we are the Sports Rivals, ready to talk the world of sports. Ernie, so much going on. As usual, we have NBA action, NCAA tournament, the Phil Knight Classic, saw some major upsets in the NCAA uh, basketball, NCAA football, Michigan goes to Ohio State and romps Ohio State by uh, 45-23, dropping Ohio State out. USC beats Notre Dame. They're now in the top four. It looks like it looks like we're going with Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC. Last year, they're nothing. Lincoln Ryland goes there. There looks like they're headed for the playoff if they can just beat Utah this coming week. But as we normally do, let's start with local sports. So let's start, first of all, the UH football season comes to a conclusion. They lose their last game at San Jose State, 27-14, to in a game that was they really could not get their offense going. They struggled offensively really the whole game. They couldn't get the running game going. Schrager was off for most of the game. He ended up 25-45 for for 200-plus yards, but it was too little too late. Chevin Cordell had a good game, two touchdowns, one interception. He had uh, some rushing yards as well, but nothing spectacular. Mm-hmm. But finally, the season comes to an end. Three and ten. We talked about this week after week after week. I think there's for a team that's three and ten, there seems to be a positivity surrounding the program right now. That is exciting to see going into next year. Yeah, I, I agree on top of that. I mean, no matter what they did this week, win, lose, or draw, I thought this was. Uh a successful season for the Rainbow Warriors. You know, just coming off of what happened earlier in the season, you know, their obvious struggles, you know, being uh, what picked next to last as far as rankings in all of NCAA Division One. So, I mean, to, to end up where they're at, I think they really end up in, the po- in, in a positive note, in my opinion. They have a lot of people coming back, you know, so the, the future... I'm... I'm I'm in good standing at with what's coming back next year and and you know just waiting for that to happen. Again, the next couple of weeks is going to be crucial. Timmy Chang said he's ready to get out there and uh, and grind in the recruiting thing, and that's really what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah. The overall talent level has to be upgraded, whether that be JC, whether that be transfer portal guys or freshmen. They have to increase the overall talent. But they have some nice pieces on both sides of the ball, young pieces. But we all know in football, injuries happen. You got to have that depth, and that's going to be crucial. So congratulations, Timmy Chang. I know it's not the season you wanted. 3-10, and 10, I don't think anyone that has ambition it will settle for 3-10. and 10. But a lot of positive from the beginning to the end, and I know that we're excited. We'll be waiting for spring football to come around and then the season to kick around again next year, where we fully expect UH to be back in that Hawaii Bowl next year. I, I, I really hope so. I'm, I'm just hoping because Tim Chang is around the age of fathers uh, that have kids uh, graduating from uh, high, school. high school right yeah. now and I and he was such you know such an icon here in Hawaii I'm hoping that at least you know the talent pool 
shifts towards Hawaii more more so now than in the past. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, he has so much going against him. Again, when you're playing in a 9,000 seat on campus <laughs> yeah. field where Ernie, where when I was at UH, we won the intramural softball championship on the same that field true. that they're playing football now. Yeah. That does not bode well for recruiting. So he has his back against the wall, but I think he can get it done. So before we get into the high school football playoffs, I do want to mention a couple of other things. The Rainbow Men basketball team, they win the the Patty Mills North Shore Classic. They go 2-0 and there. They're now 5-1 and on the season, right. so they're off to a great start. And then the Rainbow Wahine close out their season with two wins on the road. They go 19-1 in the Big West. They now face LSU in the first round of the NCAA tournament coming up. Uh, 22-6 overall, playing really, really well. Hopefully, they can shock LSU and advance into the round of 32. Now, Ernie, the HHSAA football championships will start with the Open Championship, which happened on Friday night last week, if you remember. I was convinced that Kahuku's struggle on offense right. was going to catch up to them because as good as their defense is, Punahou's offense was just destroying people. But lo and behold, defense beat offense. Kahuku completely shut Punahou down. Punahou didn't get past the 35-yard line on the other side of the field until the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. 20-0, Kahuku wins another state championship. I'm glad it ended that way. That means Campbell is actually... Third, I mean second. <laughs> Being that I think the you know the win, well let's just say the yeah I'm not sure if the win margin is is, is well it was great. 32 to seven over Campbell and it was 20 to zero for but they had more turnovers that's why yes <laughs> three pick sixes but what a defense that Kahuku team has we know that they're loaded with Division One talent um, but the fact that they shut out that Punahou team that was just steamrolling people. Averaging 50 points a game down the stretch Mm -hmm. to zero is remarkable. So congratulations to Kahuku. I'm sure it was a mad, wild party on the way home from Mililani to Kahuku on Friday night. Congratulations, Kahuku. Now, on Saturday, we had the D1 and the D2 championships. Um, Let's start with the D1 championship. It was the Big Island Konawana Wildcats versus Oahu's own Waipahu and the Konawaina Wildcats controlled they didn't control it but they jumped out ahead it was 7-0 then it was 21-7 and uh, Waipahu would come back 21-14 then it'd be 28-14 28-21 at the half but in the second half Waipahu could get no closer uh, Konawaina goes up 35-21 eventually wins the championship 38-28 to um I was actually surprised. I know I was hoping for the Big Island to right. win, but I thought Waipahu was really rolling right now, but Konawana pulled it out. Yeah, I mean, Waipahu beat, you know, perennial Iolani, you know, in, in the, Convincingly. the game, yeah, game prior. And, and that just says in itself that uh, they should be favored. But, you know, hats off to the neighbor island kids from Konawana. They come out big, you know. So I don't know when the last time this actually happened, being that, you know, Iolani had those strings of, you know, D1 championship. So, you know, big moment for the neighbor islands. Yeah, big moment there. And in the D2 championship, it was, again, 
two neighbor island teams. It was Waimea from Kauai versus King Kekaulike, the number one seed in the D2 from Maui. And this one was over from the get-go. Waimea rose King Kekaulike 45-6 to to win their first um, state championship in football. So Ernie, all I can say, Kahuku, Konawaina, Waimea, it was a good weekend for the public schools. <laughs> <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> All the private school people click right now, turning off their podcast. But you know what? Big Island first, public school second. That's how I cheer. <laughs> so, neighbor islands did well. You have Waimea winning, you have Konawaina winning, and of course, the Open Championship is only Oahu schools. Right. Public school Kahuku knocking it down. So, Another great, exciting championship weekend in terms of high school athletics. So now we move on to the basketball season Mm -hmm. at the high school level. But Ernie, what I want to transition to, and again, you are listening to Ernie and Monty. We are the sports rivals. We are, as you guys know, soccer coaches by heart. Uh, We coach together for many, many, many years. Um, So World Cup is something that we're very, very passionate about. And the World Cup really got started this week, I know last week when we recorded, we reported that Qatar had lost to Ecuador in the first game. Right. A lot has happened this week. So let's start with the American side. A disappointing draw in the first yeah, very game against the very Wales. They controlled the first half. They took a lead. A very silly, I would say, foul led to a PK to allow them to tie it up. But then they bounce back with an equally exciting but surprising draw against England. Your thoughts on the U.S. performance so far? Yeah, right. If you were to ask me, I think the U.S. should be two and zero right now. I mean, like you said, dominating the first half, um, the first half against Wales, and Zimmerman that that unnecessary foul in the box against against uh, uh, the Wales striker was inexcusable in my opinion I mean he didn't have to the his back was turned he didn't have a shot on goal he could have just stood him up uh, and and you know to to Wales standpoint they they hung in there they hung in there they hung in there uh, the US had so many more shots on goals they just could put in the you know in, into the net and very disappointing draw against Wales and in the England game, I really thought the U.S. outplayed them, in my opinion. They had more shots on goals, more corner kicks. They just could, again, their struggles to put it into the net was was evident. Uh, they come out with a 1-1 tie in that particular match against England, who is a top five uh, you know, world-ranked team. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Euro Cup champ last year, so very highly talented, which shows you that when playing well, the U.S. team can hang with anyone. Yeah, I mean, that was really encouraging because if you guys remember last week, I predicted England to win this whole World Cup. So, And then they stormed to a 6-0 lead, I believe, over Iran before right. they give up two late goals. Right. So you would expect that that was going to continue. I think England expected that that was going to continue. So as an American fan, I was not you know, pleased with the way they were playing heading into the World Cup. But I'm very pleased overall with how they're playing so far. The key, though, is even if they played well against Wales and disappointing tie and really well against England and an exciting tie, the bottom line is, Ernie, Tuesday, 
They need to beat Iran right. or their World Cup is it's over. over. Yeah. So not a tie. They certainly can't lose. They have to beat Iran on Tuesday to advance. Yeah. Will that happen? Yeah, and it better happen. I mean, Iran's victory over Wales came on uh, 10 versus 11 because of a red card. So, I mean, to that point going into, I believe, the 80th minute, it was all 0-0 for both squads. I mean, they scored in the ninth minute of extra time. Right. So it was the 99th minute before they scored their first goal. Right. And we know as coaches, when you're one man down, that is, in any sport, when you're one man down, even though it's 11 aside, 10 versus 11... That's a big advantage. Oh, yeah. It's definitely a big advantage. You know? And Iran cashed in on it. I was yeah. really surprised. You know, we're in Hawaii, right? So when we, these games, most of them, other than the American games, are tend to be over by the time we get up. And I see the score, Iran 2 and Wales 0. I was excited because we had tied Wales. So this puts Wales really out of the picture. Yeah, All win. we have to do is win. win. And I think we're going to be... We're going to be okay, and we're going to get to that round of 16, but they have to come up big. They cannot overlook Iran. And one of the things, Ernie, that I think we can both agree in, so far this week, there must be a lot of that happening, overlooking other teams, because shocking upsets. Argentina's loss to Saudi Arabia could be one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. Germany losing to Japan was another stunning upset. And then today, Belgium, a top five team in the world, losing to... uh, to Morocco, right. um, just remarkable results in the week one. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I like it. <laughs> I like it. Argentina's Argentina's loss was incredible because that one was, to me, I, I mean, the way soccer is on that huge field, it's, it's almost like NFL football. It comes down to the very inches. I believe Argentina was called for four or five offsides and... I think they scored on like three of those offsides. Yep. yep. So they had they, three goals called, uh, called back. So they, you know, they were, they were, they were, uh, that was a very big disappointing loss for the Argentine men. You know, Lionel Messi himself could have had three, could have had a hat trick in that game, but he, he redeemed himself today, you know, in, in, in their victory over Mexico. So uh, I think they're, they're poised to advance in that. But yeah. Germany losing to Japan was ridiculous. And then they come back today and, 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 tie, and they tied Spain. They tie Spain. Had they lost, they would they have been, been out, out already. And that was my pick. And that was Ernie's pick. Yeah, that was my pick. <laughs> okay, so let's take a look real quick through the group stage. And we're not two games in across the board, but Group A, it looks like uh, it's going to be Netherlands and the winner of Ecuador-Senegal that's going to advance. Uh, I think Netherlands got plays uh, Cutter next. I think they're going to cruise in that game. So it all comes down to Senegal, Ecuador. Senegal is going to have to beat them because a tie or a loss to Ecuador would send Ecuador into the next round. In Group B, we've already talked about that extensively. That is the group with the United States. Group C, Ernie was referring to the Argentina victory over Mexico today, putting Mexico in a very, very tough spot. Almost unlikely that they're going to be able to advance. It's going to come down to this. Argentina, Poland. You know, Argentina is going to have to get at least a tie and then 
that would probably lead them to advance with Poland, assuming that Mexico is going to knock off Saudi Arabia. But you just never know. That Poland-Argentina one is going to be a big game. I think both of us had those two advancing. Mm-hmm. In Group D, France is 2-0 so far. No surprise there. Australia currently uh, in second place. Denmark and Tunisia tied for last. Denmark is who I believe was coming out of this as the second team. So I believe they're going to take care of Australia. I believe they play Australia in the in the in the next round right. i think france is already in they may not even play their starters uh in the next game because i think they've already clinched the number one seed right. in group d in group e we talked about that that's where ernie's germany is they're gonna make it they're gonna make it they probably are i mean spain's <laughs> leading the group at you know with uh with four points i think they have japan coming up japan's and costa rica are tied with three i think germany plays costa rica they're gonna have to beat them and hope that Spain beats Japan. That's Germany's ticket to advance. Will Spain beat Japan? Can Germany take out Costa Rica? That both has to happen or Ernie's pick is done in the opening round. And in Group F, it's Croatia. They lead with with Morocco, both of them with four points. Belgium, a surprising third. And then Canada bringing up the rear. That's going to be tough. I mean, uh, I believe Belgium has to play Croatia now, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, that's going to be that's, a tough, yeah. tough match. Belgium, Belgium's got to be the biggest disappointment of these World Cups. I mean, barely beating Canada in the first game. I think it was 1-0. One one zero. And then falling to Morocco. And Morocco could have easily had three goals today. I mean, uh, again, a, a very narrow offsides on the Moroccan team where they would have just bumbled Belgium. And Cro- Croatia is no... Uh, they're gonna have their hands full with Croatia. That's not gonna be that if they don't make the uh, the knockout round. Belgium is guys. They were ranked number one for a little point last year. Now they're ranked number two in the world, and they might not even make the knockout round. Yeah, they've they've got their work cut out because Croatia is a very very talented, a very yes. very solid team that played. I believe they played, if not in the final last time, at least in the final four. So uphill battle for Belgium. They're gonna have to have that must win situation. In Group G and Group H, they have not played their two games yet. Brazil uh, and Switzerland had opening game victories. Both of us had them. Now, with Brazil, Neymar got hurt. Yeah. Uh, and his he's going to miss at least the next game. He could miss... He could miss the rest of the World His Cup. His ankle looks shredded. Yeah, I mean, it really looks swollen after the game. So yeah. that wasn't a very positive thing. But I still think even without Neymar, they'll get out of the group. Um, and then in Group H, Portugal with a narrow victory in the first game. Uh, Uruguay, a surprising tie against Korea. I believe that they're the best team coming out of South America. Wow. They struggled against uh, against South Korea. And now they're going to have you know their work cut out for them because Ghana and Portugal are not easy opponents so we're gonna have to see how that how that shows up but i think the overall impression of of the world cup besides the americans i'm pleasantly surprised at how they played overall maybe it's disappointing considering how they played that they still sit at oo and two right. with two draws but for me it's just the stunning upsets you know the argentina losing germany losing belgium losing right. um they, we could have a situation where three of the top 5 to 10 teams at the most but three of the top 5 teams in the world could be out in the opening group stage it could be it could be i mean in the worst case scenario you if you don't finish number 1 
you're going to be playing a number one seed. So even if uh, like a Belgium gets into there, if a Germany gets in there, they're going to be the second place team. They're going to have to be matched up with a, a, a team. Or yeah, a- exactly. Uh, uh, and then that's all out the door. We're going to have some exciting first round, round knockout 16. games. Yeah, it's well. going gonna, gonna to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, this really is, is uh, playing out to be an extremely exciting, completely wide open tournament. I mean, France is the only team that's 2-0. and all. They are the defending champion. Um, but they're beatable. They're, they're certainly beatable at Mbappe. this point in time. Knockout Mbappe. <laughs> France is vulnerable. That guy is incredible. Yeah, he really is. He, he showed out the last time I was his coming out party, and he's done nothing to change that. So, so, gang, that's a lot of soccer talk. But you know what? The world is watching. Yes. And so is Ernie and I. And a lot of people here in Hawaii. It was interesting to see all the news coverage of the first game that the U.S. was playing. All the parties, the watch parties at 9 o'clock in the morning with people, you know, watching the U.S. play. So it's exciting to see how excited people in Hawaii are about our U.S. team and the World Cup in general. So, Ernie, let's transition again. I'm Monty. That's Ernie. We are the sports rivals. NFL, not a lot to discuss in, in terms, I believe. I mean, your, your Steelers don't play until tomorrow night. Right, they India. have the Indianapolis Colts tomorrow night. A um, lot of injuries on the Colts defense. I'm optimistic about your Steelers' chances for tomorrow. I am too. I'm kind of hoping that, uh, you know, two weeks ago when T.J. Watt came back, that was a coming out party for, you know, the whole team to get better. I mean, they did stumble upon the, the Cincinnati Bengals, but the Cincinnati Bengals, they wanted to exact revenge against the first uh, on their first week loss against the Steelers, being the AFC representative in the Super Bowl. So I don't really discount that game too much. So this will tell me if the Steelers are on the right track, uh, and hopefully it comes out positive. Yeah, good. But overall, I think generally speaking, all the favorites that should won should have won this week won. Except, Started on Thursday night, yeah, except for, for one, ba- except for Baltimore, except for the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. I think on Thursday, Minnesota won, Dallas won. Um, Buffalo won and then today there was really no surprises other than Jacksonville coming through at the very end a touchdown and, and a two-point two point point conversion, conversion to win 28-27 so that was a good win there so we're not going to spend an, a, a ton of time on the NFL we're going to jump straight into our top five teams now with the loss by Baltimore Ernie does that change your top five? Oh, definitely. Okay, why don't you start with who you got in your top five? Well, I had Kansas City as my number one team last week. I mean, they haven't changed that part, uh, so they're still number one. Miami was my number two. They came out killing it. I mean, that defense really won the game for them. Well, not really won the game for them, but just added up on their points. Tua did not play in the second half. He didn't have to. Halftime was 30-0, to zero, and then they gave up two freebie touchdowns towards towards the end. I think the final came up 30 or 15. Yep. Miami is my number two team. Philadelphia, after a close, keeping it close to the first half, pull away against the Green Bay Packers. Uh, they, are, they move up from my number four spot last week to take over Baltimore's third spot, and they're my number three team. Dallas, who was five last week, moves up by default uh, on their Thanksgiving Day win. Even though they they lost as my pick of the week by a half point over a, a crazy 
fourth down call, which they turned over the ball and turnovers. I should have won that pick. Sorry, folks. I thought that was a lock, but, you know, Mike McCarthy is... He, we weren't on the same page, man. He shouldn't. He shouldn't have done that. And then we, I could have gave you. I could have gave you another uh, undefeated week. But they're my number fourteen. And then Bills just move up. You know they won two in a row after they lost two in a row. Uh, they're still a very formidable team. So they end up as my number five. All right. So my top five from last week to this week is not changing at all. But I do have a comment towards the end of that. So if you guys remember, I've got the Eagles. They go to 10 and 1. Jalen Hurts, 153 yards passing today, 157 yards rushing today, three total touchdowns, a great performance by he. Kansas City stays number two. They beat my depleted Rams who are playing right now on offense. They're playing basically their preseason roster. Um, Virtually no starters. Looks like Stafford's done for the year. They cut Daryl Henderson this week. Allen Robinson joins Cooper Cup out for the year. 15 offensive linemen out you know so far this year it is a absolute travesty the rams are going to go down this year's rams is going to go down as the worst defending super bowl champion season in nfl history but you know what if you're going to go down go down big yeah that way get get it all out now so we don't have draft picks so it doesn't really help us detroit's cheering for us go but you know our second round pick will be higher so we'll take solace (laughs) in that but anyway so eagles one kc2 dallas uh is my my number three team minnesota's at four miami's at five now the comment that i wanted to make here is i believe the next three maybe four teams if you want to consider the ravens but you know what i've kind of lost confidence in the ravens already they've lost too many of these kinds of games even last week against carolina they seem to be struggling i i am not a big believer in in the ravens anymore right now but there's three teams sitting right outside the top five that i believe could be just as good if not better than many of these teams Mm -hmm. that would be first san francisco seven and four they to me currently have the best roster in the nfl buffalo i said early on had the best record but they're so depleted von miller gets hurt serious knee injury this week we don't know how long he's going to be out Mm -hmm. Um, i believe san francisco is the best up and down roster in the nfl cincinnati They've played so much better, and they don't even have Jamar Chase back. Right. Looks like he'll probably be back next week, so you can expect him to get even stronger as we get closer to the playoff. Definitely. And Buffalo. I mean, they're still talented. They're 8-3. and three. Something, again, there's some key injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, whether it be his elbow or not, there seems to be a little bit of, of choppiness there for, for Buffalo. But I believe those three teams are just as good as any of my top five teams to tell you the truth it's been like that it's been like that you know pretty much for the entire season even when philadelphia went through their eight game winning streak uh it was close wins it wasn't like blowout wins i mean so even when they were dominating they weren't dominating like other teams in years past so i agree with you kansas city they got Mahomes. i mean they barely beat san diego i mean the la chargers last week i mean it came down to the you know that that final drive for them to you know uh keep that way so to me if i had to pick anybody right now if the super bowl would be played if the playoffs started tomorrow 
My team right now would be the Miami Dolphins. They're they're just on streak with Tua back. I think they're playing the best ball at this time. And as much as I hate to say it, I believe it's San Francisco. But Ernie, we're going to find out next week because yeah. Miami heads no to San Francisco and the Dolphins play the 49ers in what, if we're both right, is a preview potentially of the playoff Super Bowl. Could be. That could happen. Could be. All right. So let's go into our picks. Ernie already mentioned he had that bad luck with that Dallas losing that back door by one. He goes one and one. He had he had your Thursday Thanksgiving parlay for you to take. You go one on one if you did take that, unless you put it on a teaser, in which case you won. <laughs> and then Baltimore letting Jacksonville come back with that late score and two point conversion costs me. We both go one and one. I win. Um, Ernie wins with Minnesota, loses with Dallas. I win with the Washington Commanders. I lose with the Baltimore Ravens. So, Ernie, next week, where are you going? Because the bottom line is you're still 10-2 and two in the last six weeks. That's an incredible <laughs> percentage. So where are you going to go next week with your picks? Uh, my first pick is going to be Tennessee going into Philadelphia, into Philadelphia plus four and a half. Philadelphia has struggled with running teams, and I think if the Tennessee Titans can't create that running attack, I mean, they really didn't show it today other than Derrick Henry's. He had a, a, a one big long run. But if they can get back to the old Tennessee uh, playing style, I think they can limit Jalen Hurts. I think that defense is uh, good enough to keep that low scoring. I think this... Uh, plays into uh, either the low, the high teens, low twenties, but I, I like the Tennessee Titans plus four against the. Football. Well, I have it at six, so right now we'll officially say Tennessee plus six. Okay, um, take, that's I'll, even better I'll for take, you. I'll take the two points on top of that. <laughs> and your second one? My second pick is going to be a rematch of last year's AFC Championship game: Cincinnati Bengals at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs, even though they've been winning, it's been very close. Like I mentioned previously, they they had that last-minute drive against the L.A. Chargers. And uh, they really haven't been uh, separating themselves from the competition. I like Cincinnati at home. I think Cincinnati has been playing well after their slow start. Uh, take the three points. Kansas City will, may win this game, but I see... Cincinnati being in being in this game all the way until the end. I'll take the three points and uh, you know hopefully I can get back to my winning ways. All right, all right. So, so this is where I was going to go. So I had three games that I was taking a look at. I had Green Bay minus two and a half against the Bears, but I'm dropping that one because Aaron Rodgers suffered an oblique injury in the third <laughs> quarter today, and he's out. So there is no way I'm going to ride Jordan, Jordan Love, Love. Um, next week. So that one is out. So what I'm settling on is I've been trying not to go against my Rams because they're so beaten right now that it almost <laughs> seems unfair. But you know what? Their offense is so horrendous at this point in time because of injuries that I cannot imagine them keeping up with the Seattle Seahawks next week. So Seattle's lane four and a half at Los Angeles. Take the Seattle Seahawks four and a half over the Rams. And then I like the Detroit Lions at home minus one. They had a three game winning streak 
almost or could have beaten the, the Bills. Buffalo Bills yeah, on Thursday. Could've. So I think they're playing really, really, really well. well. Like Jacksonville got a win today in dramatic fashion over Baltimore. I think Detroit wins that. They only have to cover the one. So I've got Detroit minus one over Jacksonville. Seattle minus four and a half over the Rams. Ernie's got Tennessee plus six at Philly. And the Bengals at home plus three over <laughs> Kansas City. I, I, I just, I just find, find it interesting that you're two and all. Betting against your Rams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Both times against with San Francisco. But if you bet against the Rams this year, you would have won every single week almost. I mean, you'd be... At, at most, you would have only lost twice, yeah. you know, betting yeah. against the Rams. Yeah. Because true, early true. on, they were inflated spreads, and then now they're just... Although they did cover today because the spread got up to 17 before the game. So they covered only losing by 16 points to the Kansas City Chiefs. So before I get into my closing thought, which we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA, I do want to again talk a little bit about NCAA football because we do head into championship week here. Georgia is going to play LSU. LSU loses to Texas A&M. So that essentially knocks them out right now. George is a heavy favorite there to knock off LSU. Michigan, what an impressive win. Without their leading running back, the Heisman Trophy uh, candidate Blake Corum misses the game. They still find a way to win 45-23. I think Michigan is going to destroy Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. And then it's TCU versus Kansas State. This is where it gets interesting because... Kansas State is a very, very good team. They're 9-3 with some very impressive wins. I could easily see them knocking off TCU in the championship game. And then there's USC, who's only lost this year, was at Utah. They get a chance for revenge playing Utah in the championship game for the Mm Pac-12. This is where it gets interesting. I think USC will beat Utah, but maybe they lose. The key is, if if TCU loses... Does a one-loss TCU team drop out, even if USC wins? So let's say USC wins, TCU loses. USC would go to three. Who would get that fourth spot? Would it be a one-loss TCU? Would it be a one-loss Ohio State that just got rolled by Michigan at home? Would it be a two-loss Alabama, whose only losses are in overtime at LSU, in overtime at Tennessee? Um that's going to be the interesting thing. Yeah. If all four favorites win, there's no, there's no, no drama. drama. This yeah. is going to be completely easy. But from what I'm seeing right now, it's beginning to look like a Georgia-Michigan showdown right. for the championship. Right. I agree with you. And as far as that TCU, I, I, think, I think they're going to win. You know, at least they be favored in, in that game. But if they do lose, it's going to be the Trojans for the taking as long as they as long as they can, uh, you know, take care of business. I think if Alabama uh, gets gets there, I mean, I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of hoopla as far as controversy, uh, you know, along a two loss Alabama team. I think I, I just don't think that the cachet right now being that they've been in the, you know, in this championship for so many years. I think the public is a little bit tired of the. You know Alabama being over there. I mean, I would rather if the if the Trojans now if the Trojans lose, they that's all. That's and TCU loses. I think Alabama's getting in. <laughs> Me too, and that would be a travesty for TCU. But you know what? You know what I'm thinking right now. I even think that if it came down to a one-loss Ohio State versus a two-loss Alabama, 
something tells me Alabama gets in over Ohio State. Because I think because Ohio State lost convincingly at home, um, even if it's the number two team, I just have this feeling that Alabama is going to jump them. But let's see what happens. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Maybe we get it where we get a TCU and a USC gets in a little bit different flavor from in years past. Now, NCAA basketball, Ernie's a big North Carolina fan. They entered the week. Uh, number one, they've been struggling a little bit, but they open with four four victories. They go to the Phil Knight leg, the Phil Knight Classic, which it was loaded with the top teams in the country. They lose twice. They lose to Iowa State the other day. They lose to Alabama today in four overtimes. Wow. So they lose twice. Gonzaga loses again, their second loss of the season. They lose to Purdue yesterday. Purdue comes back today and beats Duke by 19. So it looks like Purdue is the real deal. I would expect them to come flying up the rankings. But we're looking at Houston Cougars or Texas Longhorns as the one and two teams in the nation. That's kind of <laughs> nuts. I mean, that, I mean, Houston's a great team. But, you know, if they get to be number one, they could go on a run like Gonzaga did because their conference is not nearly as good as the other major conferences. It, it, they could really go 30-1, and 31-0 and 0 during the regular season. Yeah, and this is not your your dad's Houston team with five slam and jamma back in the day. <laughs> I mean, it's been a, quite a while for those... Uh, you know those those cougars out there, but yeah, I mean it's, it's parity within the league. You got yeah, you have a lot of uh, high profile players that are you know opting out of the NCAA, you know going into the G League, G League Ignite, even players overseas that would uh, normally you know play in college, they're staying home in professional leagues. You have your Australian teams out there, and you got that big guy, the uh, you know the. Elephant in the room, Webb Yama playing for the you know his 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 French team. So uh, I I would expect this from uh, the NCAA. You know, you're missing a lot of really talented players that would normally be freshmen in this year's class. Uh, not there, so you don't have so your top you know dominant teams that get really good recruiting classes. Your Kentuckys, your Dukes. Now they are still getting good recruits, but not to the you know, that same power level as in years past. And therefore, that's why you're seeing, you know, a little bit more parity. Yeah, you certainly are. I mean, you certainly are. And maybe this bodes well for Gonzaga because they've tried the route of going 30 and 0 in the regular season yeah. and that hasn't worked out. Yeah. So all of these competition, getting some losses, being humbled. They now face Baylor in their next game. They could easily lose, lose that, that to be three losses in the first couple of weeks of the season would be a shocker for Gonzaga, who hasn't lost three regular season games in the last two years combined um so but again that's the way to do it play as many hard teams as you can get your your stuff out so let's transition into the nba which is really ernie's passion before i turn it over to his celtics who continue (laughs) to be on a roll and is really one of the main reasons that ernie's making a remarkable recovery from his stroke so far because they're giving him so much positive energy let's talk first about the los angeles lakers who are the hottest team in the nba right now with three wins this week over the san antonio spurs who 
plays the same team three times in one week. That's just lunacy. Um, but the Lakers are. They're up to 7 and 11 right now. Anthony Davis has played out of his mind over the last couple MVP, of weeks. MVP level. MV, he is. He's playing at an MVP level, which means right now if I was the GM, I would trade, trade him <laughs> immediately while his trade value is at his absolute peak. But in the Western Conference, Phoenix has had a good run. They've yeah. won four in a row. They're now at 13 and 6. Denver's at 12 and 7. Memphis is at 12 and 8. Again, playing without John Morant. And then everything is really cluttered. You know, you got the Pelicans at 11 and 8. You've got the Clippers at 12 and 9. Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and and Paul George both out indefinitely again. Um, so who knows? The Sacramento Kings were on an absolute tear until they faced Boston the other day, but they're still at ten and eight at number six. Portland has struggled since uh, Dame got hurt. Yeah. They've sunk to eleven and nine. Utah is coming back to earth a little bit. They've lost four in a row now to sink to twelve and ten. And then nine and ten, you've got Golden State and Minnesota. Dallas right now at 11 is kind of surprising. I mean, as well as Luka is playing, uh, they've lost four in a row to fall out of the top 10. And then uh, Oklahoma City, L.A., San Antonio, and Houston rounds out the West. So Lakers are still 7-11. They still have a lot of work to do to get up into the top 10. But they're playing much better. They're shooting better. They're getting great play out of Anthony Davis. They're getting really good play out of Lonnie Walker. And my favorite Laker... Austin Reeves mm. I really like that kid he plays hard he's shooting well there's two players in the NBA right now shooting 50% from uh, from the field 40% from three 90% from the line one is Steph Curry the other is Austin Reeves <laughs> believe it or not so Ernie but let's get to what I know you really want to talk about the Eastern Conference and your Boston Celtics who continue to dominate the NBA right now. Yeah, I mean, even for me, and I'm the biggest optimist in regards to the Boston Celtics, especially coming off of uh, you know their NBA Finals appearance last year. Never would I thought that they'd be you know at currently where they're at at 16 and four, and having an offense, an all-time offense. I mean, this is a historical high. Now, do I think they're going to maintain this offense? I I don't think so. I mean, it's they have four players, four players that are shooting above forty percent from the three-point line, and that excludes Peyton Pritchard, Jalen Brown, and Tatum, who are their three best. Well, maybe three. Well, of they're them. basically shooting forty percent from the three-point line as a team. As a team, yeah, and and uh, it, it's incredible. But what's really how they're doing it is basically their bench, which was a problem last year. Has been fortified. I mean, they their bench is doing wonders this year. I, you know, when Rob Williams comes back, I mean, you're talking about Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Derek White, uh, Grant Williams. You know, you might even shoot in Peyton Pritchard over there. Uh, that's got to be one of your your deepest. You know, rotational benches out there. I don't think they're the deepest team. I don't think 11 through 15 is all that great. I mean, it would show today. I mean, they had a 26 point lead against the Washington Wizards. They put in that back end rotation, not rotation, but they put in their back end players in, and they squ- and they ended up with a nine point uh, a nine point win. They basically squandered 17 points in the fourth quarter. But five to nine, five to ten is very strong, and in the playoffs, that's the furthest you go out. 
Well, you know what? I, what I think with the Boston Celtics is I, I actually believe, and this is just my, my thought process here, that they're a better offensive team overall because they're playing smaller, they're playing faster, which yeah. is why they're scoring so much and taking so many threes because Rob Williams is not there. But for them to win a championship, they need that guy there because yeah, yeah. he is a defensive force. And at the end of the day, all the good teams can score if they're not facing good defense. So I think Rob Williams is the key to a championship, although the brand of basketball being played now by them is very entertaining. They're like the Golden State Warriors at their peak. Yeah. You know, that ball movement, everyone shooting threes, unselfish play. Um, it's like it's Golden, a- Golden State-esque. Um but to win it all, I believe they need Rob Williams. Yeah. I think they can still get to the championship playing this type of ball. I mean, we're talking about their efficiency rating is 119.7. This is the highest in NBA history. Put all those Golden State teams together. They haven't even come within two points of what the Boston Celtics are doing right now. Uh, but I do believe that their calling card is defense. Rob Williams provides them for that. Now, they do have the best, not the best, but they are a top five uh, defense when it comes down to the fourth quarter. So they do play around. I think what they're doing right now is uh, Missoula right now. He is uh, a former point guard, and he loves offense. So I think that's why he kind of unchained that offense where Ime Adoka was more of a defensive guy. I think he's going to blend it well. We'll we'll see when Rob Williams comes comes back. But I think right now, uh, the players are just loving the scoring. You know, it it allows for Jason Tatum to get his share as well as Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum was out today. Jalen Brown just picked up the pieces. He scored thirty six in like thirty one minutes. I mean, he he barely played the fourth quarter today in today's win. So they're all enjoying this style of play. But I think when they want to play defense, they will play defense. But Rob certainly makes a difference. Yeah. So can you guys tell how excited Ernie is? I mean, he's so excited. I don't blame him. I mean, because the Celtics are playing 800 ball right now. The Milwaukee Bucks started 9-0. They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to are they healthy enough uh, at the end of the season, is Chris Middleton going to be there? Because right now they're pacing Giannis and they're just comfortable just being around where they're at. Um, the surprises to me, well, the biggest surprise is the Indiana Pacers. They're at 11 and 8. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton leading the NBA in assists with over 11 assists a game. Even if all you hear is Indiana trying to trade Miles Turner and Buddy Heal to whoever now wants them, they're, he's, they're rumored to be going all over the place right now. Yet they're 11 and 8. I mean, at some point, maybe Indiana realizes that they're not going to knock off the Celtics and they're not going to knock off the Bucks. So they're still trying to stockpile for the future. But at 11 and 8, to me, they are the surprise of the entire NBA along with the Utah Jazz for me. The other thing that's kind of surprising is, is Philadelphia has kind of put it together with James Harden and Tyrese, Tyrese Maxey out. Um, they've gone 7 and 3 in their last 10. They've won two in a row. A lot of rumors surfacing that they're going hard after Kevin Durant mm-hmm. offering basically everybody not named Joel Embiid and James Harden for Kevin Durant I'm not sure that they're going to do that yeah, um, that, that the Nets are going to do that but we'll see other than that everything else is pretty stagnant the Heat and the Nets continue to disappoint overall although the Heat's are Heat's getting a little hot they're both playing around 500 ball at the bottom of the playoffs so far so 
Clearly, the Celtics are the number one team in the NBA at this point at 16 and 4. Um, all of them playing well, shooting well. Jalen Brown's playing well. Tatum's yeah. playing like an MVP. Uh, it's just, uh, it's been an exciting first Quarter. fourth of the season yeah. for Quarter. the Boston Celtics. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm anxiously waiting the. The second, uh, two th- the second three qu- three quarters of the season. Let's see. Let's and especially when Rob comes back, he's anticipated to get back within the next week or two. So yeah. So see, at least with Ernie, he has. We both have suffered through an NFL season. It's a little bit disappointing, but he has the Celtics to pick him up. <laughs> My Lakers are still seven and eleven, as hot as we've been recently by the Lakers standards. We're still at seven and eleven. So another fantastic week as we head. And we turn the calendar into the month of December, Ernie. Right. Again, let's recap everything that we talked about today. The Warriors end their football season at 3-10, and 10, losing another game on the road to San Jose State, 27-14. We believe better things are... are on the horizon for yes. the Warriors. Yes. In other sports, UH men's basketball, 5-1 and one to start the season. The volleyball, Wahine, 19-1 in the Big West. They advance to the NCAA tournament. Well, they'll play the LSU Tigers this week in the start of that uh, activity. In the HHSAA football championships, Kahuku Road Punahou, 20-0 to win, I believe, their 11th state championship. And then in the Division I, Konawaina representing the Big Island, they knock off uh, Waipahu 38-28, and Waimea from Kauai wins the D2 title 45-6 over King Kekaulike. We go 1-1 one one each in our picks. Whew. A lot of upsets in NCAA basketball. <laughs> yeah. The Final Four taking shape in NCAA football, and the Boston Celtics rolling in the NBA. And World Cup. And World Cup. Tuesday, yeah. United States, Iran. 9 a.m. Hawaii time. Must, Must win, win game for the U.S. men. Yeah. So, gang, we encourage you to listen. We are a part of the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. They do an amazing job covering sports, all kinds of sports. Every morning, Kuule and Alan Mion wake up in the den, 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. weekday mornings. You can find them on 95.1 FM or 760 a.m. on your AM dial. Anything else you want to cover, Ernie? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Another John Pack week. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. And until next week, the sports rivals are out. Thank you for joining us on the Sports Rivals Podcast. Check us out on social media at Sports Rivals Podcasts on Instagram and at Sports Rivals Pod on Twitter, where you can share topics you'd like to hear. Mm-hmm.